0: Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Enjoy today's message. Hey, church family. I'm really excited about this new series called Stories, where I'm going to be doing interviews with people. You know, each of us has a story, a story because God is transforming our lives, and as he does so, he's writing this new story. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 3 says this, You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. I hope today's story about Brenda Craig will really be an encouragement and an inspiration to you. And I want you to know today that God is writing your story so that it can be an inspiration to others as well. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, Brenda.
1: Good morning.
0: How are you today?
1: I am great. I'm sitting are here you? having my tea. Yeah?
0: <laughs> what kind of tea do you have this morning?
1: I think it's hibiscus or something like that. Oh, that, sounds that
0: very healthy. Yeah,
1: it's very healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my uh,
0: at-home uh, Starbucks coffee, my, my COVID coffee right there. Oh, my and, goodness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I really appreciate you Taking time to um just let me talk to you about your story because um some people have heard different parts of your story honestly your your life story is more like a you know multi-volume set kind of thing there's a lot to tell (laughs) but um, i i know that always ministers to people when they hear some of the neat things that god has done in your life and in your story and what i love the most is when you meet someone and you would never know some of the things that they've walked through and overcome and experienced in God in their lifetime, because what you see is what God is creating rather than just where things started. Um, yeah. So I, I just love that about your, your story, and I think it's got God's hand all over it. Tell me about um, what was it like for you growing up as a kid? You came from a big family, right?
1: Well, we had a, a large family of uh, five girls, five boys. And uh, the first boy passed away when he was, I think, around nine months old. So I Mm -hmm. never really got to, I didn't get to know him. Our family was, you know, we lived in the country in West Virginia uh, for the earlier part of my life. And um, we lived far into the mountains. So, and a lot of times we didn't have a vehicle or anything, so we didn't really go anywhere. We just, but we had a lot of kids to play with. So, you know, we, we did a lot of stuff. Uh, together, um, we had, um, my mom w- got sick when I was like five years old. Uh, she, she got tuberculosis. And during that time, um, she became very weak and it made it hard for her to take care of us. And, and then my dad, he was an alcoholic and so he really wasn't a lot of help and he was gone a lot and um and so this this made it hard you know growing up uh you know we were we went hungry a lot we didn't have like clothes like other kids had you know going to school so i became very ashamed of our life at an early age
0: if you could have if you use one word to describe what you were missing in your childhood, what would be the one word?
1: I guess it would be security, um, mm. you know, just feeling safe, feeling yeah. because after my mom passed away and even before, um, there wasn't any security or safety in our family because the protect the protective role that my dad should have had he didn't and wasn't able to have and so we did pretty much what we wanted to do when we wanted to do it you know we and uh people also did what they wanted to do anytime they wanted to do to us because we were not protected and so uh we our life was just pretty much out of control honestly I feel like It's it's a a miracle that I'm even here because of the situations that I found myself in as a young girl.
0: When I hear you tell the story and I hear about your dad and how you didn't feel secure and protected by your dad, one of the things that sticks out to me is I don't hear any anger in your voice. In fact, I can hear that you really loved your dad.
1: I've forgiven him. for him not being a good father and not protecting us. Um, But I realized that he did the best he could do without God. And his life growing up, uh, I've heard, was horrendous. And so I don't, you know, even with my dad not protecting us, he was a very, when he was not drinking, He was a quieter person, Um, and he was very loving to us, you know, which was kind of strange, you know. But he was very loving to us, and he was very affectionate with my mother.
0: So, Brenda, tell us about how you became a Christian.
1: Well, when my daughter, Julia, was 10, um, I had divorced her dad and moved to Virginia um and i was in pretty bad shape emotionally um even though we had a great life in ohio together i got married you know i had met him when i was 12 got married when i was 14 and had her at 14. Wow. and we had a good life together at 17 i started working at the same place he did Union carbide um making ever ready batteries and you know we made good money we bought new cars and Houses and that kind of stuff, and we had everything that you would think that a person would need. But I was pretty much a very depressed person, and um, and when we moved to uh, to Virginia, it, it just it just got really really hard for us, and so we finally divorced, and um, <laughs> Julia and I lived uh, in a trailer in a cow field. And I pretty much lost everything I had. My little car, it was a gremlin, it burned up on the side of the road. We barely got out of it and got our stuff out, uh, Julia and I. It just felt like that was such a low point in my life. I remember one evening sitting on the couch with her and she just began to cry like she was weeping, and I couldn't even figure out what had happened. I didn't know what happened to her and she's and I said, "Why are you crying, Julia?" and she um she said, "Because you're going to die." And I was like, "Well, yeah, everybody's going to die, you know." And she said, "But you are really going to die." Oh. And I said, "What does that mean?" And she said, "Well, she said, "When I die, I'm going to be with Jesus." but when you die you're not and i won't see you and i want you to be saved like me and I, that just oh i and at that point i would have done anything to to keep her from crying and i said yeah i'll tell you what just i'll go to church with you next sunday because my older sister was taking her to church and she in fact when we lived in ohio i had a best friend who was a christian and who always witnessed to me but i was like you know Brushed her off mostly, and because um, I didn't believe in God. In fact, I thought he was a male chauvinist pig if he was real. So <laughs> I really did not have a love for God at all, or an understanding of him at all. And so when she, <clears throat> when I promised her that, it seemed to calm her down, and I guess it gave her hope for me, because she could see that I was at her. She at the age of ten, she had so much more wisdom than me because she had the Holy Spirit, you know, and right. She knew things that I didn't know, and so I went to church and i I would say it was probably within the first two visits i just I felt God just drawing me and i i just I just surrendered my life and it wasn't long after that that um uh, the the guy that I had been dating some which was gonna be my next husband, <laughs> he went to the same church and he asked God to take care of, of me and Julia. Mm-hmm. And God said to him, you take care of them. And he, he thought, how am I going to do that? She won't even talk to me. Cause <laughs> <laughs> he was the first nice guy. I had a really, well, I had met nice people, but he was a Christian that had, kind of turned away from God but he talked to me about things about God when we dated he talked to me about demons and angels and all these things and it was kind of scary to me and I thought he was a little crazy and so I ended up thinking that maybe he was gonna kill me and (laughs) (laughs)
0: because
1: I had watched too many weird movies and he took me out. He said, Well, you just go out with me one more time. And the whole time I'm thinking, any minute now, he's going to, he's going to try to kill me. And I remember we pulled up in the driveway and, um, he said, I want to give you something. And he reached to the back seat and I, my heart stopped. <laughs> Cause I thought, Here comes the gun. He's gonna shoot me. <laughs> I don't know where my imagination came from, but anyway. He hands me a Bible, and it was, like, shocking to me, you know, because I had my name engraved on it.
0: Wow. No, this is Randy, right?
1: This is Randy, yes. Okay. And and he he said, I just wanted to let you know if, because he knew my car had burned up. He said, if you would like a car, he said, there's one that I can get for you that my uncle has. His uncle was a car dealer. And he said, and it's not very new, but it runs good. And you're welcome to have it if you want it. Wow! I was blown away by that kind of kindness because I grew up with people taking from me, you know, not giving, but them taking from me. And so when he gave me the car, he gave me the Bible, I started looking you know, and so a long story short, we ended up getting married uh, and he was a good dad. To Julia he really really loved her and um so now I'm in a second marriage yeah. <laughs> and I'm a Christian though
0: now um a lot of people know but maybe not everybody knows that Randy passed away last year yeah um how many how many years were you and Randy married
1: uh we were married 39 I think
0: that's awesome You know, it's interesting to me that um, growing up, what you lacked was security and protection. And the husband that he provided you and Randy, well, he was very security minded. If anybody knew Randy, he always (laughs) sat in the very back of the church because he wanted to see every door in the place.
1: That's Um, right. You know, he worked
0: in the prison systems. You know, Um, Lieutenant Craig is how everybody in this Mm -hmm. work world knew him. Um, you couldn't have got a guy who was more into protection and security than Randy. Yeah. So you became a Christian through your daughter, Julia, which is amazing. And God has provided you a husband in Randy who's um, given you Matt and Leah as children. Yeah. And um, now you're in this place in your life where he's made all these provisions. Um, at this point, is the depression now just gone? Are you just fulfilled or is there more to do?
1: No, it's funny. I had moments of feeling somewhat normal. uh, But overall, uh, after I had Matt and Leah, and they were less than like two years apart, and I had some health issues, back surgery, and uh, just different things that was happening during that time, I still had the depression. In fact, it got even worse. And I, I remember it being so bad that I was, that I wasn't sure what to do. In fact, I even thought about taking my own life. Mm. But when I thought about that, I thought then who would take care of Matt and Leah? And I thought, God, you know, I I don't know what to do because I'm a Christian now and I'm still struggling with this depression that I have literally felt since I was a young child. Um, I didn't know what to call it then, but uh, I knew that, There was something wrong, you know, and, um, and there was this one particular day when it was really, really bad. And I was sitting there and I heard, I literally heard God's voice say to me, get up. And I I was like, get up. I can't get up. And I felt almost hurt that he would tell me to do that, knowing that I couldn't get up. (laughs) And he said, Just be willing. And that phrase just changed my life because I realized that I didn't have to do it by myself. And so it was like I felt myself yield to that in a sense, like, yes, I'm willing. And as I was being willing in my heart, I literally felt like him picking me up. Like, it was a supernatural thing that was happening. And I felt so excited and light, and I thought, I don't know that I've ever felt like this in my life, because when you walk with that depression weighing you down, and that's been with you your whole life, to have that, like, somewhat lifted. It hadn't been lifted all the way, but it had been lifted some, and even that was so much better than anything I'd ever felt before. I just felt like I could do anything, you know. I was starting to get really involved in church, in worship, and teaching, and in, we would, my sisters, and my sister and uh, my niece, you know, we would write plays together, and do women's ministry and all kinds of stuff like that together. it was just really a good time, but I still struggled with a lot of rejection. Mm-hmm. Things would just happen to me in church, like everybody gets invited but me kind of thing, you know yeah and I would just i remember one one day leaving church, and i I just couldn't figure out what is wrong with me, and i I asked God. Like what is wrong with me? Why do why do these things keep happening to me from people that are Christians? You know, I keep getting hurt and and I don't I don't want to feel this way. And and I remember him saying to me, It's like you have a sign on your back that says, Kick me. Wow. And I was like, what does that mean exactly? And I went into this search Like, okay, if God says I have a sign on my back that says kick me, what is that sign? Where did it come from? And how can I get rid of it? I mean, I began to pray with my niece, Dawn. She would come up almost every day. I prayed in the spirit a lot because at that time I had been baptized in the Holy Spirit the same night my daughter, Julia, had been.
0: Oh, cool. Um,
1: I was determined that whatever caused this sign to me, it be on my back. That I was not going to live like that anymore. And at this time now, I'm starting to see, you know, in scripture, um, the power of God. You know, I'm starting to to see that He loves me and that He has a purpose for me and that I'm valued. You know, yeah. and so I'm starting to learn things about Him. And one, one day, uh, during this time of prayer, he spoke to me so very clearly, and he said, you have a spirit of self-pity. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Surely not me. And the reason that it was hard to detect is because I wasn't verbally uh, – my language wasn't like most people that had self-pity. Like nobody ever comes to see me, you know. Right. Nobody ever does this. I never said those things. I never talked. It was so very deep in me that I didn't know that I had it. And I don't think without God, anybody could have recognized that in me. But it was very deep in me. And I remember uh, when I, I said, Well, God, you know, if you say that I have it, then I have it. And there was such a a repentance came um, up in me for repentance.
0: What was that like?
1: It was the repentance was that I had depended on this thing because biblically my knowledge was, you know, that he showed me it was like a crutch. And so I knew that that was, wrong to lean on anything else more than we lean on God. And so I just repented for leaning on something that could hurt me. I literally felt like there was a truck on me that had been lifted off. Mm. It was the lightest. It was the the couch situation was good was really good, but this was something that I can't even put into words what it felt like. It was so unbelievable, this feeling that I had. Because when the self-pity came off, what I didn't realize until a few days later, when I noticed I wasn't depressed like I had been, I thought, oh, my goodness. I know what happened. When the self-pity left, the depression left, I, I have to say my life really changed drastically after that. This scripture, Philippians two thirteen, I wanna read this because this is one yeah. of the scriptures that really has ministered to me. It says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And I realized he's I don't need to like search me myself and like try to figure out what's wrong and what to fix. I wasn't the one that fixed the self pity and the depression, so how can I fix anything else in my life? And so um, it just helped me to realize God is working in me. You know, as I, you know, uh, and then John 15, the fruit of the spirit, you know, uh, God bears, you know, Jesus bears that fruit in us and that we can't do anything on our own. Those scriptures has really ministered to me because I realize I can't have love for anyone. I can't have love for myself or I can't have peace or joy or any of the fruits of the spirit unless I abide in him, unless I continue and I I stay right there with him. And then he bears the fruits that I'm looking for. He he causes me to have that good character.
0: What I hear you saying is that you you've learned to cooperate with God. Yeah, it's not that you're it's not that you are trying to fix yourself, but that. He's the fixer, and that when you cooperate with what he's doing, he empowers you. And I hear you saying how the Holy Spirit and the the Holy Spirit's involvement in it, and that he would bring something to you and a word to you, and you'd cooperate with the Lord.
1: Oh, my goodness, yes.
0: Brenda, you've done a lot in the realm of ministry in your lifetime. I think about the amount of time that you've put in the realm of worship, just at Victory Alone, and you've led worship plenty of other places. Um, as well. And I think about the amount of missions that you've done, um, so many trips to Germany and England and places like that. And I think about um, the amount of women's ministry that you have done, conferences um, here overseas. Um, Living Hope was a, a life group in our church um, for a long period of time that, that ministered to so many people. Did you, would you have ever seen yourself growing up Or would you have ever seen yourself as a kid growing up to serve God and ministry the way that you have?
1: Not at all. (laughs) That wouldn't have been even in my thinking at all because I was very intimidated by people. Um, I didn't like to talk to people, um, especially, you know, to stand up and speak. Or stand up and sing in front of people. You know, those things were, were just not, not something that I ever even dreamed about doing. But God has been asking me to do things that I can't do, uh, since I met him. And what I've come to realize is that he will always ask me to do things that are bigger than I am because he wants to do those things through me. And um, he gets the glory, you know, when we allow him to come into our weakness and That's do good. things that we're not capable of. And I literally yeah. know that I'm not capable of any of these things. Uh, and I know that he has even more for me. I know that he's, um, you know, I, sometimes we go through these seasons, even after God has done these miraculous things in our life, we go through these seasons of, feeling like we're not doing anything or we're not ever going to do anything more, or we're not going to do things that God has spoken to our heart, you know, that we're still not doing. And so you go through those times, but, um, I know that God is faithful to complete the work that he's begun in me, you know, and, um, he's not finished with me yet. In fact, I think some of the greatest things that he'll use me for is yet to come. Why do you think God
0: has used you as much as he has?
1: I'm willing. I think when he spoke that to me on the couch and he said, just be willing, that has been a message that has come back to me throughout my walk with him. Just be willing. He doesn't, uh call qualified people but he qualifies people that he's called
0: it's neat that you answer the question that way because I thought that would be your answer because a <laughs> lot of times a lot of times people think um doing anything in ministry, whether it's um, lay ministry, volunteer ministry or professional quote unquote which i don't prefer that, but you know what I mean by that yeah any kind of ministry like there's there's something special. And it's it's really not because we're all called to serve, and the word ministry is to serve. That's actually yeah. what the word means. Philippians two says, um, "For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which He in create, which He created in advance for us to do." And I love yeah. that because that's for all of us. That there is a work out there for yeah. all of us to do, and it's not about comparing what so and so is doing, what so-and-so's doing, because we each have something that God yes. has done in us that he wants to draw out and share with others.
1: I just, I love that God wants me, that he really wants to, you know, to work through me, you know,
0: do you believe that he wants everyone to feel the way that you feel?
1: Oh, about that. I really do. And I, you know, I've said it a lot. I've said it a lot when I, when I, uh, led living hope um, I would say you know I'm God's favorite but then I would say <laughs> but you are too and because he's the only God that can love like that that he yeah. can love me perfectly and love you perfectly and so we don't have to be uh, in competition with each other or you know jealous or try to be like somebody else because we're going to miss it you know, we're going to miss good. the gifts and the way that God designed us if we're trying to be like somebody else. And let's, let's just face it, we're not a, not uh, good at trying to be other people.
0: I love that. We don't have to fight for his affection. He's got plenty to go around.
1: He does. And it took me a long time. I was a late bloomer <laughs> getting saved almost 30. But I did get it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Brenda, what would you say to the person sitting at home today um, who's feeling heavy and feeling like life is an uphill battle?
1: I would say um, be willing to let him help because he's always, always ready to help. But what we don't realize is sometimes we're not ready to let him help. And so we have to be willing and we have to be willing to be vulnerable.
0: Well, Brenda, thank you for your time today. This was a lot of fun. What's neat is I think people will be able to access it in a really safe place, you know, from the safety of their home or their bedroom or on their phone and that kind of thing. And and people need to feel security and protection like we talked about earlier. Yeah. That's awesome. If you're listening today and Brenda's story has really um, touched your life and you feel like there's some more next steps that you need to take in Jesus. We would love to hear from you, and we want to walk with you. Uh, would you go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps? Um, like I said, we'd love to hear from you, and we want to walk with you, whether it's um, in your journey with Jesus, uh, getting baptized, getting connected with a, a group of other people who are following Jesus. We want to create that safe place for you. Thanks so much for listening to that. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, just go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.